Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this special Peru SST Convo. I'm Scott Hostetler, professor of music here at Goshen College, but last year I had the privilege of being a co-leader uh, for three different SST groups to Peru, along with my wife, Rachel Hostetler, my other co-leader, and my son, Aaron, and my daughter, Leah. Could they stand? My family, I have to embarrass them. So we're interested in knowing a little bit of your background um, that you've had with Peru. I'd asked if you've ever been to Peru at any time in your life for whatever reason, as a SST student, leader, visitor, um, uh, in any capacity. Could you please stand if you've been to Peru? All right, so you can look around. So a lot of you have quite a bit of experience with Peru. You may have a seat. So Goshen College um, had a very long tenure in Peru as an SST location. I won't tell you how many years we were there because that would spoil the quiz that is coming up right after this. But I will say that we had, so maybe you can do the math, we had 37 units there, 14 sets of SST directors, their leaders, and we had over 600 students take part in Peru SST. And while we're no longer going to Peru for an SST location, we are now partnering with another South American country, Ecuador. There's a group there, the first group uh, finishing up right now, and another one set to go this winter. And for those of you who have gone on SST already, I hope this convo brings back some fond memories. And for those of you who are thinking about going or are slated to go, um, I hope this is an inspiring time for you to take that step of faith uh, and to join the countless students that have gone from Goshen over the last 50 years and will continue to go for many more to come. At this time, I'd like to introduce someone from our last unit, from our summer unit, that's junior Evan Crable, who is going to help test your knowledge of the SST Peruvian experience. Evan. All right, so by quiz, Scott meant Kahoot. Yeah, so this is the one time in Convo where you're allowed to be on your phone. So, I encourage you all to take out a device, maybe switch to data instead of Wi-Fi, unless you're like really strapped for data, that's cool. Because the max amount of people in a Kahoot is like 4,000, but we don't want to like overload the server, so yeah. We'll, I'll give you a couple minutes, hopefully, to get the game pin in and put in an appropriate username. Okay, yeah, so we're gonna get started. Um, I believe you can join mid-game, too, if if you're not in just yet. Yeah, so let's, let's get started. All right, that's Machu Picchu, if you're, not, if you're not aware. When was Kural, the site of the oldest civilization in the Americas, inhabited? Thank you. 
That's right. Only 67 of you got that right. So my good friend and housemate Nick Walter later is going to be talking to us a little bit more about Corral. All right, next. <laughs> Under which empire was Machu Picchu constructed? Very nice. The Incan Empire. All right, next question. In the lead, we currently have, oh, never mind. An emoji, I don't know which one. How long have students been doing service in Peru? What is, what is 37 divided by, I don't know. You can do the math there. That's right, 14 years. All right, in the lead, we currently have a soon emoji, followed by hags, nickname, neck, and O and A. Where are places students have worked for their service location? Nice. I mean, as with any SST, there's a huge variety in service placements. I was in a school, but yeah, you could basically do anything. All right. Still have soon emoji in the lead. What is the biggest meal of the day in Peru? That's right, it is lunch. Although I want to give a, a, a shout out to the eight brave souls who said 11Zs. Nice, good job. Oh, ONA has taken the lead. Sorry, soon emoji. How do Goshen College students get to school every day in Peru, specifically in Peru? That's right. Quick tip, if one of the options is all the above, it's probably all the above. All right, next question. <laughs> Neck is in the lead. American Sign Language and Peruvian Sign Language are basically the same. True or false? False. 
uh, you know, we're gonna have some speakers later talk about the differences, or I guess a little bit about Peruvian sign language. O and A is now in the lead, followed by nickname Fisher, Mags, and Machu Picchu. Okay, cool. All right, three more questions. There are many versions of LSP, which is the Spanish translation of PSL, and then the rest of the sentence. That's right. True. There are many different versions of PSL LSP. Next question. O and A, still in the lead. Students stay with how many host families on SST? This is not a Peru-specific question. That's right, is two. One on the study portion and one on the service portion of SST. O and A still in the lead. Nickname, Mags, Machu Picchu. One more. A typical SST host family. There is no normal host family. Each host family is different. That's right. All right. In third place, we have Mags. Second place, Nickname. And first place, O and A. Nice. All right. If you want to come find me, you can get your prize. Yeah, now we're going to transition into our speakers. First, uh, we're going to have Samantha Shank talking about everyday life in Peru. Good morning, everyone. My name is Samantha Shank. I'm a third year nursing major here at Goshen College. Um, I traveled to Peru about a year ago, the fall of 2018. Um, so today you're all going to hear a little bit about what it was like to live in Peru for three months. Um, we're going to start off by talking about what life was like every day in Peru, just a normal average day. Um, and the next two students will be highlighting the parts of their life in Peru that were important to them or that they hold significance to from their experience. Um, and our hope is to give you a little bit of insight into what a normal day looked like for us. So today, Kira Kral and Genevieve Corden are also members of the Peru 2018 fall unit. Um, and they're going to be sharing a little bit about their experiences in Peru. Hi, my name is Genevieve. And while thinking about what I wanted to say about everyday life in Peru, I specifically thought about some moments from Lima. I kept on remembering these random little details that have stuck with me, so I thought I might share them with you. I remember making breakfast before school, 
um, each day. Avocado on bread or crackers or this really good chocolate granola that my mom got for my sister this one time, and bananas, always different types of bananas. I remember meeting up with Sophia to catch our bus and the nervous butterflies we would have during our first days of fig figuring out the route to school. I remember the coffee breaks we would have with coffee that was as strong as espresso and casino cookies. I remember getting home from school and greeting my mom and answering her questions about what I had learned that day. I remember my brightly colored room and my big open window and our little dog Chispa, or Sparkle in English. I remember comforting myself with Oreos and peanut butter that I had brought from home when I had a day that I felt particularly incompetent. I remember the smell of Yerba Luisa, lemongrass fresh from the garden, heating up after we had our dinner. I remember the sounds of our two little birds that my family had right outside the sliding glass door of the dining room table. I remember laughing with my aunt when our conversation just became utterly confusing as I tried to explain things in Spanish that I simply did not have the vocabulary for. It would turn into more of a game of charades rather than a conversation. I remember calling my family and friends in the US and finding an incredible amount of comfort just from hearing their voices. I remember the true joy of finding a seat on an overcrowded bus. I remember talking with my Spanish professor and finally understanding parts of the language that never made much sense in a textbook. I remember treasured and tearful conversations with my mom as she shared with me about her life and I shared with her about mine. And I remember so much more. But it is hard for me to imagine myself back in those moments now. Even though they are just a year ago, they seem so distant. SST was hard for me, but it was beautiful too. And I don't want these memories to just drift into foggy memory, so I hold them as a part of who I am. Hi, I'm Kira. I'm also a junior nursing major, and I also went to Peru with um, Sam and Genevieve. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about my life in San Ramon, which is where I went for service. So everyday life in San Ramon looked much different than my life in Lima. Every morning, instead of getting up and taking a bus to school, I would get up, put on my scrubs, eat breakfast, and walk to my clinic. San Ramon's a small little town on the edge of the jungle, and it's surrounded by these like lush green mountains. Um, and you can see a picture of them up there. And that's the view that I would look out, out of my house every morning. And so when I would leave my house to go to work, I would look out over the mountains and take a deep breath to remind myself to try and be present in the day. And so I would walk past the view, past the four kittens that lived outside of my house, and I would start the 20-minute walk to work. So the walk to work was one of my favorite um, parts of my day, because the day hadn't really started to heat up yet, so it was nice and cool. And I would listen to music and watch the moto taxis go by, pass people and say hello, until I made it to the clinic. Um, but there was one day where it was pouring rain outside and I should have just taken a moto, but I decided I would walk. And so I ended up getting soaking wet and showed up to work and all of my coworkers made fun of me because I was literally dripping water. Um, and they made me go change into dry scrubs. And so I would get to the clinic um, and I'd be there about until 1 p.m. And that's some of the people up in that top picture. Um, those are some of the nurses at the clinic that I worked at. And so I'd be at the clinic until about 1 p.m. And sometimes during my time at the clinic, my coworker, Shayra, would take me to go to the bank. And when we would get to go to the bank, Shayra would also take me to get street food. And so that was my favorite part. And I would always ask Shayra if she had to go to the bank. 
Um, but the first time she ever got me street food, it made me very sick, so. But the times after that were fine. Um, so then I would end my day at the clinic um, and I would walk home and every day I would stop at this little corner store and either buy one alpha jore or four like small alpha jores and I would eat them on the way home before lunch. Um, and then I would go home, eat lunch with my family, take a shower, um, that was always cold but it felt good after the long hot walk home. And then I'd take a nap until about three in the afternoon when I would meet up with Genevieve and we'd walk around our town and we'd either walk down to the river and throw stones in it or we'd walk to our favorite coffee shop, Marn Kocha Coffee, which you can also see up in that picture. Um, and so at that coffee shop, the owner Juan would always talk to Genevieve and I about our days or what was going on with our lives. And he would always give us what he, what, like whatever recipe he was trying out for the day. So one day he made this like really, really good coffee ice cream probably the best coffee ice cream I've ever had in my entire life. Um, and so then we'd spent a lot of time there just talking about our experience and all of those things. And then we'd head home. I'd go home, eat dinner um, with my family, talk about my day. And then I would watch the telenovela Madre with my mom. And we'd talk about all the drama and all the kidnappings that were going on. <laughs> and then I would read, go to sleep, and then I'd do the same thing the next day. And so all of these days didn't always feel revolutionary or life-changing, but little by little they added up to an experience that I won't soon forget and to personal growth that I can't really measure. Good morning. My name is Pamela Ortiz and I'm a third year business major and I was on SST this past spring. During the second half of SST, we were all assigned a service job and location where we would be for the next five weeks. These jobs vary between things that are related to our majors or they're simply other jobs we wanted to explore. Service is a time for students to integrate into their communities and families through the work they are doing. I now want to invite two of my SST group members, Harrison Gingrich and Simon Hurst, to share a little bit about their service experience. This is the traditional morning greeting um, in the Ashaninka language. Um, it was a very common phrase spoken to me on my warning walk to uh, teach English, the SST version of babysitting. Uh, Ashaninka, however, is more than just a language. It's a culture, a religion, uh, and an identity. Um, the Ashaninka are an indigenous people's group um, and one of the largest indigenous people's groups in Peru. I spent my time living with this group um, in Semiga Centro de Maranquiari, which is a native community located in the foothills of the Andes and on the edge of the Amazon rainforest. Um, we're about six kilometers away from the small town of Perene, and we would walk there on weekends or on a weekday or whenever. Um, and it, it was a, a really uh, fun time. The Ashanikas uh, have a pretty complicated culture and history, um, but most recently in their history is an attempted genocide um, by the Sendero, which was committed by the Sendero Luminoso, or the Shining Path, a communist uh, revolutionary organization that swept over the Peruvian countryside in the 1980s. Um, and while this period was very dark and intense for a lot of the Ashaninkas living in Peru, um, the 
the culture of the Ashanikas uh, responded with incredible resilience, um, and that's very central to who the Ashanikas are. Um, the, the resilient lifestyle and community-focused values are an inherent part of their culture. Um, and this can be reflected in their music and dance styles, which are always upbeat, always fun, um, and played all the time. Um, the music varied from simple songs um, and chants with drums to very, very complex rhythms and popular cumbia style, that which is popular in the selva. Um, and at the very core of what the Ashanikas do is their commitment to um, nature and the community around them. Uh, they live in community with one another, treat um, nature like a neighbor. Um, most of their monetary value comes from their environment and the nature around them, um, and they the work in the orchards is split up evenly among the 12 families in the village. Um, this natural communal feel uh, of the Ashanika village is something that I had never experienced before on this level until I went on SST. Um, so my experience was a little more unique than some of the other uh, people in Peru because I got to experience a, a slightly different culture. Um, and I was, that being said, I was also more isolated than a lot of other people on SST. Um, and we would often on weekends make the hour and a half long uh, journey uh, to see our fellow SSTers in the towns of La Merced and San Ramon um, and use the internet. Um, but this lack of infrastructure in my hometown um, of, of San Miguel Centro de Manquiari uh, really left me constantly seeking adventure um, and me and uh, Aiden, my fellow SSTer, were constantly looking for things to do. Um, when it, we ended up doing a lot of exploring, soccer playing, listening to music, and hiking. Uh, it was a really good time to reflect personally and learn how to navigate in a foreign country by uh, asking, constantly asking for help and directions from strangers and sometimes uh, climbing in the backs of random trucks. Um, and with all this time, uh, I had time to think and reflect uh, and decide what I wanted to take back with me from the Ashanikas. And I decided on two things. Um, the first of which was a, a sense of community and a, and a desire to put my friends and family um, in the forefront of my life. The bond in the town uh, where I was living uh, between the families was really impressive. Um, and the second was a respect for my environment. Uh, I should be proud of where I come from. I should be proud of my culture. Um, and the things I'm not proud of in my culture, I should commit to improving and working with the land and the people I had uh, back home in Oregon where I'm from. Basonki, thank you. Good morning, my name is Simon Hurst and I went to SST in the spring of 2019 to Peru as well. Um, for my service placement, I was in the small town of El Carmen, located in the coastal desert just south of Lima. Um, this town, El Carmen, is known for its, the preservation of the Afro-Andean traditions, the music and the dance. At the forefront of this preservation efforts is the Bayambrosio family, um, which who I got to stay with. And this family has been really active at preserving the dance, the music, um, and overall the traditions of this small place. Um, while I was staying there, I got to experience this music, the dancing, and really the overwhelming hospitality of the family and the community there. 
If you're interested in learning a little bit more about what this music looks like, what this, what the dance looks like, you can actually Google the family Baimbrosio or El Carmen and it'll come up. And I believe there's actually some clips in the, in the video that we'll be playing next of El Carmen. Um, and speaking of the video, the video that we're going to be playing next is a video made by Aaron Graber, a junior accounting major. Aaron was in Peru last spring and was placed at an orphanage in Arequipa for service. This video gives a peek into her life on both study and service. Greetings. I'm Ben Fox, and I went on SST last summer. Um, host families have one of the biggest impacts on um, students' SST experience, and because of this are um, often the basis of some of our most treasured memories. Um, I remember every week we'd come together after the weekend, and people would just be talking about the stories over the weekend that they had with the host family and about the treasured memories. Um, so now Jen Ritchie is going to share some of um, share a little bit about her host family. 
Hi everyone, my name is Jen. I am a third year biochemistry major and I was a part of the 2019 Summer Peru SST unit. One of the best experiences of studying abroad for me was being able to live completely immersed in the culture of the host country. A big part of complete cultural immersion is living with a host family, so I'm going to share some of my experiences I had with mine. So flashback to day three of SST. I remember eagerly waiting with my classmates at the hostel to finally meet our host families. While I was excited to meet the people I'd be living with for the next six weeks, I was also terrified. I had many questions running through my head, like what if they didn't speak English? What if they served me weird food? Or what if I wouldn't be able to bond with them? However, I had nothing to worry about, except for the weird food part, but that's another story. <laughs> my dad picked me up and took me straight to what would be my home for the next six weeks, a fifth floor apartment in the district of San Borja. My family consisted of a mom, a dad, and two sisters. This place was home to many things that I was able to experience for the first time. This is the home where I got to experience having a pet dog for the first time. I was also able to experience having younger siblings for the first time. And I also experienced my first earthquake in this home. I also had many great memories with my Lima host family, from making dinner with my mom, to going on bike rides with my dad, to going on walks with my sisters. I am thankful that I was able to grow close with them. So it was difficult for me to say goodbye to my Lima host family. However, I was excited to start the next chapter of my SST experience. I was assigned to work in a clinic in the city of Ayacucho. I was also excited to find out that my service host family consisted of a host dad, three host sisters, and a host cousin. So life in Ayacucho was much different than life back in Lima. Every morning, I was woken up at the crack of dawn by the sound of our pet roosters crowing and our three dogs barking. The chaos continued with my family scrambling to make breakfast and to get out the door on time. It took me a while to get used to the hectic schedule, but looking back on it, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I was usually kept busy being with my host family, something that many SSTers don't experience while in service. I would often accompany my oldest sister to the market after work where we would buy food for the following day. My other sisters would also invite me to the many events that were put on by their university. Being dragged around wherever my sisters went was exhausting in the moment, but I'm thankful that my sisters wanted my company, and I'm thankful that I was able to bond with them in those ways. Another way I was able to bond with my service family was at dinner each night. We would sometimes spend hours at the dinner table talking about work, school, or just life in general. My host cousin would also give me my daily Quechua lesson. Just don't ask me to say anything in Quechua now, because I don't remember anything. I am thankful for the many experiences that I was able to have with my host families. These people welcomed me into their lives so seamlessly that I felt like I had been with them my whole life. Not only did they feed me and give me a place to call home, they truly cared about me and had my happiness and safety at best heart. And for that, I will be forever thankful. Hi, my name is Clara Unziger, and I am a junior social work major, and I was on SST this past spring. So during the first half of SST, it's the study portion, and we would attend classes in the mornings each day during the week, and classes in the afternoons as well. In the mornings, we had lectures, discussions, dance lessons, speeches, or just debriefing with the group. In the afternoon, we would split up into Spanish classes. Throughout the six weeks, we had several day trips and overnight field trips. These trips were often a time for group bonding and experiencing firsthand what we had been learning in our classes. I'm going to invite Nick Walter and Ian Martin, who are both in my spring SST group, to come share a little bit about their experiences on two of these field trips.
Hi everyone, my name is Nick Walter. One of the really unique experiences we had was when our group got to visit the ruins of Caral. Caral is the oldest known civilization in all of the Americas and is the second oldest civilization in the world. <clears throat> it was active from around 3000 BC to 1800 BC and is located in the desert just north of Lima. So it makes sense then that one of the first things that I noticed when I got off the bus and arrived there was how extremely hot it was. It was so hot, in fact, that before our group even got to the ruins, we had to stop at a shaded rest area to recover and drink more water. So once we all got rehydrated and accustomed to the inescapable heat, uh, we actually ventured onwards to the ruins themselves. We toured through Corral for about an hour or two uh, and saw very cool places like pyramids and an amphitheater that you can see here. <clears throat> we also learned about ancient instruments that were found by the archaeologists there throughout the city. Although a lot of the buildings in the area were in pretty bad shape, a lot of them, some of them, were in much better condition than I expected them to be, like the amphitheater. <clears throat> The Corral trip was an interesting little peek into what life was like back then. And I was amazed that I could still see the work of people that were alive thousands of years before I was. By the end of the trip, I was a bit sunburnt and very dehydrated, but it was well worth it. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. So I'm gonna talk a bit about uh, Machu Picchu. Sorry, let me try and find my notes. Okay, so my name is Ian. I am a junior uh, psychology major. Um, so between study and service, we had a week-long trip to the Sacred Valley, which there are notable places in the Sacred Valley, such as Machu Picchu, Cusco, Ollantaytambo, um, and Aguas Calientes. Um, and so when we went to Machu Picchu, we woke up at 5 a.m. while it was still dark, and Scott and Rachel handed us sack lunches and each a poncho, as you can see here. Um, so we got into one of the regular regularly scheduled buses that takes people up the mountain. Uh, and this road just constantly goes back and forth, kind of snaking up the mountain. So in our feeble digestive states, uh, this bus ride definitely felt like it was going to make all of us throw up and or crap our pants. Um, but once we got up the mountain, we waited in the cold rain for about an hour and a half or so, and until we could finally uh, enter the free roam part of the park. And we decided to immediately go on a hike to the Sun Gate, which is, uh, that was where the first picture was taken. It uh, signifies the end of the Inca Trail, so you can imagine people running for miles and miles, and then they get to this gate and immediately can see Machu Picchu. Um, yeah, so once we got up there, thankfully, the fog that you can see here, it hadn't cleared yet, but it eventually cleared, and we could see Machu Picchu and uh, the surrounding uh, landscape in its full glory. So the ruins were really impressive and definitely an architectural masterpiece. Um, but 
the best part of the area, the best part was the area surrounding them. The landscape managed to be a dense jungle amidst dozens of 11,000 foot mountains, with the ruins sitting further down on their own much smaller peak in the valley surrounded by a river, um, which was absolutely just stunning to see. Pictures don't do it justice. Needless to say, Machu Picchu was stunningly impressive and is a place I feel incredibly honored to have witnessed. Thank you. Hi, my name is Amber Tate and I am a third year and I was a part of the 2018 FAW Peru SST unit. And our group was a little different than the others because we also had a specific focus for ASL students like myself. The ASL experience on, a on SST is special because not only do we learn a completely different sign language, we are immersed in the deaf culture and their lifestyle, which only helps us more when we return here. Throughout our time on SST, we took Peruvian sign language classes, lived with deaf families, visited a number of deaf communities, and worked at deaf schools. There were seven ASL students total in our group, and although we were sort of clumped together, we all had different experiences. We all went in knowing, diff or at different levels of ASL, which made the switch to PSL easier for some, but harder for others. Some of us had a solid background in Spanish, while others were, went in not knowing any. And so today you'll hear two stories about this experience. First, Elsie will talk about her experience working at a deaf school on service, and then Kate will talk about her overall experience of living in a Spanish-speaking country while really only knowing ASL. Thank you. Good morning, my name is Elsie Kuplichti, and I'm currently a third year sign language interpreting major. Last fall, I was in Peru studying Lenguaje de Señas Peruana, or Peruvian Sign Language. For the study portion, I lived in the district of Carabayo in Lima with deaf host parents and a hearing host brother. For the service portion of SST, I lived in Cusco in the district of San Jerónimo. I lived in a house with host parents, a host brother, two host sisters, two host nieces, and a host nephew. From my house, I took a bus straight to central Cusco, where my assignment was about a three minute walk up above the city plaza. For service, I worked at a Catholic primary and secondary school named Sebe San Francisco de Asis. Kids at the school were anywhere between the ages of five and 18 with varying levels of deafness. Most kids commuted to school daily. However, there were about five girls who boarded at the school because their homes were in different provinces, making a daily commute more difficult. None of the teachers or administrators were deaf, and many did not know sign language before beginning work at the school. Since the deaf community in Peru is still a very marginalized community, Peruvian sign language classes were not offered in universities, meaning learning sign language was mostly done through other people around you that knew sign language or books with signs in them. More official sign language was brought to the country by different groups of missionaries from around the world, which created different variations in the language since sign language is not universal. It ended up that the sign language I was learning in Lima was useful for service, but during my time at the school, I learned different signs for some of the words that I had previously learned. The school had five different classes that I rotated through during my six weeks there, working as a teacher's assistant. 
Moving classes gave me the opportunity to meet all the students at the school, see the different levels of signing, work with different teachers, and get a variety of experiences. Working at a school in Peru gave me an experience unlike anything that I have had. While it may not seem like learning and using Peruvian Sign Language furthered my skills in American Sign Language, there was so much that I learned from my time in Peru. Living and interacting with the deaf community in Peru gave me the opportunity to find creative ways to communicate when I did not know the language, see how my deaf host parents change daily tasks to meet their needs, watch how they communicate with people around them that do not know sign language, learn and participate in a culture that I was not familiar with, learn that mistakes are okay, observe how deaf individuals were treated by teachers and parents, work with kids at varying developmental stages, see different teaching methods that I was not familiar with, and celebrate new holidays in both a school setting and a home setting. While this may seem to be a fairly random list of things, all of the skills that I gained in Peru not related to the language itself are equally as important as the language. In the end, these experiences and opportunities are going to stick with me even when I forget the language. I know that my experiences in Peru have furthered my interpreting skills in ways that I would have never been able to accomplish without spending the semester abroad. As I progress through the interpreting program at Goshen and begin working as an interpreter, I'm excited to see how my experiences and learnings from my time in Peru show up unexpectedly. Thank you. Hi, my name is Kate, and I was a, one of the seven ASL students who went to Peru in, um, I was going to say 1998, I'm not sure what that was about, but 2018, I'm not great at public speaking, so bear with me. Um, one of the most memorable experiences I had while I was on Peru SST was with my host mom, which you can see in that picture, and my host father, as well as their four children. We were sitting around the table, and I was sitting next to my host mom, and my four siblings and my host mom's husband were all having this conversation, going back and forth, arguing about something. And my host mom looked, me, looked at me and she said, I have no idea what's going on. She signed that to me, no clue. I was like, you know what? Me either, no idea. And so that, I mean, to me that showed, she sits around her family just to spend quality time with her family. She has no idea what they're talking about. She doesn't understand them. She can lip read, but when they're going back and forth so fast, it, you can only lip read so much. So when I was going, uh, when I was deciding whether or not I wanted to go on SST, I was really nervous, um, and I really was unsure. I knew that it would be a great experience, but going into a country where I did not know the language, and I didn't, um, even the language that I did know, which was sign language, more or less, um, I didn't know their version of sign language. I didn't know uh, Peruvian sign language. And so I was terrified, but I decided to do it anyway. Um, so I went to Peru, and we took all of these classes about history and culture and Peruvian sign language. Um, but to be honest, the most important thing that I learned there had nothing to do with what I learned in the classes. Sorry, Scott. Sorry, Rachel. Their classes were great, too. But um, it was more about what I was just talking about, sitting around the table. And for the first time in my life, I was in what I guess we can call the linguistic minority. I was the one, for the first time in my life, 
who didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know how to communicate with the person at the store to ask them where the conditioner section was. I didn't know that one day when I was talking to my host family, when I tried to tell them about my relationship because they asked me if I was in a relationship, I accidentally told them that I had a fiance, which I do not. Um, <laughs> my significant other was surprised about that, I can tell you. Um, but of all of these cultural barriers, I had never experienced because I grew up in America as a hearing person speaking English. And even though I, do, I hope to be a sign language interpreter in the future, I had never been on the other side of that barrier that interpreters try to bridge. I'd never had the experience of not knowing what was going on or being the one who needed to ask for clarification fairly regularly. And that experience alone was life-changing for me as not just an interpreter, or a future interpreter, excuse me, um, but as a person. And I thank Peru and especially my host families for teaching me that. Thank you. Now we are gonna have Scott Hostetler come and direct um, a hymn. And the PSL students are going to interpret said hymn in Peruvian Sign Language. Okay. I know we're a little bit over time here, but we're going to do two verses uh, in Sing the Journey, number 79, as I went down to the river to pray. Just, or, because if they stand up, the first two sister's brother. And I invite you to stand if you're able. That's great. Um. Mm -hmm. 